Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Blessings, everybody. This is Dale. Thank you so much for joining with me again today on the Word Podcast. We're going back to the book of Daniel. <clears throat> we chased uh, a good bit of cross-references in the gospel in relationship to what we saw in the ninth chapter of Daniel. And I just want to remind us of a couple of things, and then we're going to press on today. At the beginning of the ninth chapter of Daniel, it says, the first verse, in the first year of Darius, okay, the first year of Darius, of Median descent, he was made king over the kingdom of the Chaldeans. So Darius was king. But you got to remember that this is the Medo-Persian Empire. Medo-Persian Empire. So there's debate over uh, uh, when a couple of kings, we're about to see another king here in just a moment, in the first verse of the 10th chapter, were they co-regents? Okay. Well, did one rule for a while, and then the other one rule immediately thereafter? Is it the same king with just uh, two different names, which you know is common even in our society? But the whole idea is that it's a different empire. It's not the Babylonian empire. So we saw in the ninth chapter that Daniel had been reading from the books and had read the prophet uh, Jeremiah and saw that the time of the desolation of Jerusalem would be 70 years. He then uh, went before the Lord and prayed in prayer, sackcloth, fasting, ashes. And the bulk of the ninth chapter is that prayer. At the end of that prayer, <coughs> Gabriel brings an answer to him. And I want to reread these last few verses of Daniel chapter 9, beginning with verse 24. Don't forget these verses, okay? These four verses right here are pivotal to understanding not only what Daniel was receiving and was seeing, but uh, the, all the balance of time. So verse 24 begins, Seventy weeks have been decreed for your people and your holy city to finish the transgression, to make an end of sin, to make atonement for iniquity, to bring in everlasting righteousness, to seal up vision and prophecy and to anoint the most holy place. So you are to know and discern that from the issuing of a decree to restore and rebuild Jerusalem until Messiah the Prince, there will be seven weeks and 62 weeks. It will be built again with plaza and moat, even in times of distress. Then after the 62 weeks, the Messiah will be cut off and have nothing. And the people of the Prince who is to come will destroy the city and the sanctuary, and its end will come with a flood. Even to the end there will be war. Desolations are determined. And he will make a firm covenant with the many for one week. But in the middle of the week he will put a stop to sacrifice and grain offering. And on the wing of abominations will come one who makes desolate, even until a complete destruction. One that is decreed is poured out on the one who makes desolate. So we saw in the Gospels uh, the account of where Jesus spoke of the abomination of desolation. Jesus is the one that actually coined that phrase. And he points back to Daniel and mentions Daniel in that. So Jesus is the one that's showing us how to interpret that and gives us insight into what it actually means. Now, we go into the 10th chapter. Okay, remember, there's no chapter division, no versification. The first verse of the 10th chapter says this. In the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a message was revealed to Daniel. So the first one 
was Darius, right? The Medo king, Medo, Median kings, ways was described. And he was put in charge of the land that had been Babylon, the Chaldeans, that people group. Now, in the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a message was revealed to Daniel, who was named Belteshazzar. Remember, that's what uh, uh, he was named. That was the Babylonian name that was given to him. And so now it's mentioned here again. There's these little tie-ins back to the Chaldeans and the Babylonian Empire. Uh, Nebuchadnezzar was the one that called him Belteshazzar. So this message is revealed to Daniel. Verse 1 continues. And the message was true and one of great conflict, but he understood the message and had an understanding of the vision. So as we've been saying all the way through and all this stuff, just pay attention to the basics of what's being said. We're given a time frame here. So we know it's the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia. We know that a message was revealed to Daniel. And we also know how the message came. It says that it came in a vision because Daniel understood the message and he had an understanding of the vision. And we know a little bit about the message, even from this first verse. The message was true, so it wasn't a lie. Okay, And it was a message of great conflict. The balance of the book of Daniel, chapter 10, 11, and 12, deals with this vision and this message. The things that we're going to see from here on out is what Daniel saw. So don't lose sight of this thing. Daniel has given us a big picture out here. He says it was on this year. And remember, Daniel was uh, in governmental positions, apparently, even in this uh, regime. And he says, hey, I saw this vision. I understood it. It's true, and it's a vision of great conflict. Now, verse 2 gives us a little insight as to how this happened. It says this, In those days, I, Daniel, had been mourning for three entire weeks. He was mourning. Doesn't tell us exactly why. Yeah, okay. Verse 3 shows us how he was mourning. I did not eat any tasty food, nor did meat or wine enter my mouth, nor did I use any ointment at all until the entire three weeks were completed. Well, what is that all about? Well, Daniel was in mourning before the Lord on behalf of something. It could have been like what we saw previously in the ninth chapter, okay? What was happening, what was occurring there. He was interceding, was in mourning, and it doesn't mean that it was a total fast in the way that it said right here. He didn't eat any tasty food. He had all the tasty food available to him, and he didn't eat any tasty food. He didn't eat any meat, and he didn't have any wine. And it wasn't because he was a teetotaler. No, he was abstaining from stuff. And it was probably a lot like what we saw in the first chapter of Daniel. Remember when he was a young man, and the king said, hey, you have the best of our food? And Daniel said, just put us to the test. Let us eat what we feel like we're supposed to eat, because they weren't sure if that stuff was kosher. Okay, that's what the bottom line was then. And so quite often people refer to this as a Daniel fast. And that's maybe a useful term. The idea is this, that you're not eating tasty stuff. You're eating minimal stuff. You're not drinking wine. You're drinking water. Okay, You're not eating the meat. You're not eating the fancy stuff. You're eating the basic things. Uh, in the first chapter, you saw that Daniel ate pulse. P-U-L-S-E. That's what the King James, I believe, calls it, pulse. And what that means is vegetables. 
just like potatoes and vegetables. So it's nothing fancy. You're eating just basic stuff, but you're mourning, you're interceding, you're calling on behalf of the Lord. Now, there is a time when the Lord calls you into a fast, and it's a fast to where you don't eat or don't drink anything. You see several of those in Scripture, okay? You see a, a three-day fast. You see Jesus for 40 days and 40 nights not eating or drinking anything. You see Moses when he's on the mountaintop, and I'm still a little wondering about this. I feel secure in saying this, but if I'm wrong, I reserve the right to be wrong, okay? <laughs> so we know that Moses was on the mountaintop for 40 days and 40 nights, and he comes down. God tells him to go down. The children of Israel have been sinning. He does. He deals with that. Then he goes back up to the mountaintop for another 40 days and 40 nights. Did Moses do two 40-day and 40-night fast back-to-back? When you read it, it seems to be that way. You know, I've never really heard that discussed, never heard it taught, never heard it preached, but it seems to be that way. When there are 40-day fast and that kind of stuff, it better be the Lord leading you into it because physically we can't do it. Physically, we can do a fast in the flesh for three days and three nights. We'll be mean and grumpy. <laughs> but if the Lord leads you into something, if it's three days, if it's 40 days, if it's like right here, you'll hear people doing a 21-day fast. Well, why 21? That's sort of the model you got right here with Daniel. And so right here, I don't think he was totally abstaining from food, but that he was abstaining from things for a purpose of, of bringing humiliation in the proper way into his life to where he can focus upon what it is that God wants to share with him. Anyway, we'll continue with this with the next episode. I'm Dale. Thank you so much for your time. I'll see you then. Goodbye.